Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. DMV Download, the new daily podcast from WTOP News is out now. Hosts Megan Clorty and Luke Garrett get the story behind the story. Every weekday afternoon, Megan and I will go beyond the headlines with WTOP reporters and sources to bring you more on the biggest local stories impacting you, our fellow Washingtonians. The DMV Download podcast is available now on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. The DMV Download podcast is presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Bluegrass legend Del McCurry brings the 14th Delfest Music Festival to Cumberland, Maryland this Thursday through Sunday. We spoke about his journey from being inspired by Earl Scruggs' banjo playing as a teenager to join Bill Monroe's Bluegrass Boys, then forming the Del McCurry Band and being invited to join the Grand Ole Opry. Del McCurry, how you doing, Jason? Hey, thanks for joining us, Dell. Uh, we're talking because you are bringing back the 14th, I think, at this point, annual Dell Fest to Cumberland, Maryland. It'll be May 26th through 29th, so um, Memorial Day weekend. Can you believe it's been 14 years? Has it really been that long? <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, we did. We missed two complete years, really. Because of the pandemic. So I guess that's one of the big, I guess that'll be one of our big headlines this year is, you know, let me ask you, how excited is it to be back after, after such a, a long hiatus? It's got to be exciting to, to play for live people in the crowd at Delfest again. <laughs> oh, it really is. Yeah. Of course we've been doing shows, you know, uh, up and up until now, but, but it just so happened, you know, that uh, we couldn't, that first year, that tw- the, the year 21, we couldn't, we just couldn't, uh, I'll tell you what, the, on March 9th of 20, uh, I played the Grand Ole Opry. I'm a member of the Grand Ole Opry. Of course. And, and it was a Tuesday night. And uh, so we, we heard then that, that, uh, that there could be a pandemic, you know. And, and boy, that week, though, it just, uh, everything shut down. My, my manager and my uh, booking agent, you know, they cancel shows. And, and, and the venues, they cancel shows. <laughs> And we didn't do anything till that fall, till they could figure out where they could put people in pods, you know, and uh, get them separated and do some shows before it got too cold. That's that fall, you know. Wasn't that first? Wasn't that first week or two, whatever that was in, in March, where you could kind of hear about it overseas? Wasn't it weird? It was. You you said you were down at the Grand Ole Opry we, up here in D.C. I was shaking hands and interviewing Garth Brooks when he got the Library of Congress Gershwin Prize, and uh, we, you know, we, you could kind of you heard about there was something maybe overseas, but we didn't. We, we none of us could have predicted that everything was going to get shut down like it did. It was it was nuts. But I'm glad we're back out. Let's talk about this year's Delfest then. So, who all do we got uh, on the bill with you this year? Oh God, you know, Jason, I've got a, I have a poster here, and there's a lot of them. Let's see, we've got, 
Tyler Childers, but the traveling McCurries besides the Del McCurry band, you know, they, and Tyler Childers with the traveling McCurries, Railroad Earth, Bela Fleck, My Bluegrass Heart. He's got a band uh, this year that's called the My Bluegrass Heart. Sam Bush, of course, my old buddy, you know, I, I did a lot of shows with Sam. Uh, we went out one time, we recorded some uh, a record and then we went out on the road and with that record, you know, and, and well, we had a great, but then, and we got Robert Earl Keane. I think he's, tell me, they tell me he's retiring soon. So, so we're, we're fortunate to have Robert Earl Keane there and got leftover salmon and uh, we got some of the jam bands, you know, one called Watch House, mm -hmm. California Honey Drops from California, Sierra Hull, you know, that's the, the, the lady that plays the mandolin and boy, she's great. Yeah, it's, I know. The Jerry oh. Douglas Band, uh, Anders Osborne and Jackie Green, Molly Tuttle and the Golden Highway, Cabinet, the Little Smokies, Ghost of Paul Revere, Steve Poltz, Chris Jacobs, Della May, that's the, that's the all-girl band, Frank Sullivan from Baltimore, hey. Hey. Yes. <laughs> Frank Sullivan the Dirty Kitchen, the Seldom Scene from D.C. Yeah, hey. we know them well around here. There you go. Sister Sadie, Rob Ikes, and Trey Hensley, uh, Jacob Jolliffe Band, the Hot Club of Cowtown, Eric and Lee Gibson, that's the Gibson Brothers, they're great, they're great mm -hmm. singers, you know, and they're from up in New York, and Fireside Collective, Dre Anders, Twisted Pine, Pert Near Sandstone, the Broomsticks, the Broomsticks, my, I've got a grandson that plays in that band, uh, oh. Jacob's Ferry Stragglers, Crying Uncle Bluegrass Band, Britches Ben, The Price Sisters, Caleb Stein, Dirty Glass, we're getting close then, Dirty Glass Players, 19th Street Band, 14th Street Band, wait a minute, let me see this. 19th, 19th yeah. <laughs> and, and Darlington, and our MC is the great Joe Craven. He's from out in the, pretty close to Sacramento. He lives out there in California. And I've known him for a long time. He used to play with the, David Grisman, we call him the dog out there on the West Coast. And, and but now he, he's a great MC. And wow. he, he also brings his band with him too. He comes and plays. You deserve, uh, sir, you deserve an award for rattling off every single one on the poster. <laughs> And you know what? And not just not just a boring list of names. You were stopping every time that there was a local connection or, you know, a little tidbit. I I, I really love it. I love it. And I, you know, my wife and I appreciate uh, Well, she's a huge fan of yours, too. She was thrilled. I was interviewing you. But I, we we both really love Tyler Childers, too. You know, um, nose to the grind on the grindstone and follow you to Virgie. Like that, that's some good red dirt country stuff there. But um, but yeah, well, that's a great lineup. Um, before I want to talk a little about your career, but before really quick, just talk about why um Cumberland, Maryland, and you know the the place you've been playing there. Why is that such a good a good spot uh for for the Dell Fest? I mean, that's you know where I guess what we're Cumberland, we're up in the Appalachian Mountains. You know what I mean? It's it's perfect for bluegrass and country. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, I'll tell you, Jason. Uh, in the beginning, my my manager he said to me one day, he said, "Did you ever, th ever think about having a festival?" And I said, "Yeah, I did." You know, I played one. I played the first bluegrass festival there was in uh, Thin Castle, Virginia. Carlton Haney was the promoter, and it was 1966. Now, he ran in 1965, but I didn't even know about it. I was on the West Coast then. And right. So 
I played it in 66 and, uh, and I always thought about, you know, having a festival, but I thought I wouldn't, want, I would not want that headache. And so my manager mentioned it to me and I said, no, I wouldn't want to have it that headache you know i just don't want to and he said well now look you can you can dole out a lot of your work you know to other people now that <laughs> you would have to do it like you used to do so he said let me call let me call this guy that uh, he's got this festival in northern california it's called high sierra there's the name of the festival there and of course we like the old like the old bogart movie <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> we'd work for this guy uh before you know quite a few times and he said i'm gonna call uh, call him and have him come to the east coast and look for us a vo uh, location you know somewhere because he he's he's into the festivals he knows where they all are he knows the venues that you could get you know and all like that and uh, so lo and behold uh, i thought well they'll probably do it and i probably won't be but then anyway my manager called me one day and he said yeah, he's going to meet us in uh, Baltimore. He's going to fly to Baltimore, and we're going to look at some places. Well, the first place we went to was Cumberland, and uh, I flew up there, and my, my manager lives in Tampa, and uh, so we flew up there, and he showed us, uh, you know, the place that had that rocky, was a rocky gap? Rocky gap? Yeah, 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 yeah. We went there first, and... Uh, well, he said, now, look, I want, there's one more place I'd like to show you here before we leave this part of the country. And uh, so we went to the Allegheny County Fairgrounds, which is not far away. It's just on the other side of Cumberland, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we were there, and uh, I told him, I said, you know what? I've played a lot of festivals out in Colorado and California, you name it. And, and I said, you won't find a prettier location than this as far as a location goes. Now, I don't know about all the other uh, things that we'll run into, you know, like the politics and all that of this community. <laughs> but, but as but far as, far as, as the location for music, it's perfect. <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, and I said, as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't, I don't I wouldn't go any further than right here, you know, because, you know, the Potomac River goes right around it. And it's, it's not very big there yet, but, uh, and it's flat, you know, nice place. And when you look across the river, it's like you can almost touch West Virginia and yeah. it's straight up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they say if you flatten out West Virginia, it's bigger than Texas. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, and not many people know this, but the famous, you know, John Denver, you know, take me home country roads is actually about Maryland driving to West Virginia. So it makes sense. You can see West Virginia from Maryland. Sure you um, can. <laughs> I love it. Well, so wait, where, where, if, if you don't mind, remind our listeners, where exactly did you, did you grow up? Was it North Carolina or where was it? No, I didn't. My folks are from North Carolina and the three of three of the, were born down in East Tennessee and North Carolina, and then but me and the next three were born in York County. Ah, okay. York County, PA. PA, okay. Yeah, so so you know a lot of my early uh, music playing was in Baltimore mainly. Ah, so yeah, so you know from from around this area then. Yeah, you're yeah. That's why we know and love you around here. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, then uh, how how did you get into you know playing? You know, banjo and all that. Was it was it uh was it Earl Scruggs inspired you, I read? Yeah, it was. I tell you what, you know, when I was going to high school, the uh the one the 
What the kids were listening to is Elvis Presley, man. That's all they, that's all they listened to, my, the kids my age. But I had already heard Earl Scruggs and he kind of ruined me, he did. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> yeah, because man, when I heard him play, I was uh, my, my older brother now, he was a guitar player and a singer. And he played on the radio in Hanover, PA. Oh, and, wow. and uh, so he, when I got up about nine years old, he wanted to show me how to play chords on a guitar, which he did. Well, I did. And then, uh, but I, I just was not really that interested. And he bought a record of Earl Scruggs in 1950. And I'm telling my age now, too. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I thought, man, whatever this guy's doing, I want to try to do what this guy's doing. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, you, you know, uh, uh, the good singer was Elvis Presley, Jerry Lewis. You know, they were big in those in those days. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, kids, I guess a kid, when I heard that banjo, it was fast and and that forward roll you know it just it just grabbed me and i and it really didn't let me go for years and years because i my first job was playing with bill monroe and he's the father of bluegrass you know well i was gonna ask you about that that bill and bill monroe i mean bill monroe no um needs no introduction what i mean my grandfather that was my grandfather's i think favorite favorite artist we used to always sing you know what is it, blue moon of kentucky and in, in the pines and all, all those great oh yeah where sure. the sun never shines um okay. <laughs> and you shiver till the cold wind blows but uh i had to finish it um but yeah talk, so then yeah i was gonna ask you so how did you actually hook up with bill monroe because i mean i guess you were admiring earl scruggs but flat and scruggs weren't they were with they were with the bluegrass boys right yeah, see, when I when I first heard Bill Monroe, they those guys were in the band. Right, right. And uh, of course, by the time though that I got old enough to to really pay attention to music, those guys had quit, and my brother bought that uh, record of Flat Scrubs doing "Roll in My Sweet Baby's Arms," mm -hmm. and really, it wasn't the uh, it was the backup behind Lester singing is what really grabbed me. The way he played that banjo, it was really amazing, you know. Well, I tell you, and you know, later in years, I just figured out the guy was a genius. I thought, you know, I don't hear a lot of guys that can play just like this guy, but, mm -hmm. but really, <laughs> he, he, he was a genius. He really was. He, and, and so I was, I, I was hearing the best when I first heard a banjo. <laughs> I was hearing the best, you know. So, so how'd, you, how'd you join the Bluegrass Boys with Bill Monroe? Oh, that was in what, 63? Yeah, it was 63. I'll tell you what, I was playing in Baltimore, playing banjo. Now, I started playing that when I was, a, uh, let's see, I started playing guitar at nine. At about 11, I heard Earl Scruggs. And I, I started playing a banjo then. I got, I got a no cheap banjo, and I was playing that. And I played it for about 10 years till I was uh, actually over 10 years because I was playing in Baltimore with a guy named Jack Cook, who was an ex-bluegrass boy. He was, a, he was a guitar player and a lead singer with Bill Monroe hmm. in, in the late 50s. But he, he moved up there to Baltimore and was playing just playing club work, you know. And I went in there one night and, and he, he found out I was a banjo player. And he said, did you bring your banjo with you? I said, yeah. And I, I played for him and he hired me right on the spot, you know. And later on, uh, Bill Monroe came through town because he needed Jack Cook to go with him to New York City. He, he uh, his, his guitar player had quit. And uh, of course, you know, he was on the Grand Ole Opry and on Decca Records at that time. And, 
And so he knew that he could get Jack. Jack knew all his material, see? And he could stop in and get Jack and go on to New York City and do this show. He had a fiddle player and a bass player with him, but he didn't have a guitar player, lead singer. And so Jack said, did you bring a banjo player? And he said, no. He said, we'll just take Dell with us. He, he can play all your stuff, you know. <laughs> so, so he, I, and, and I really didn't know all of it. But anyway, they took me with them to New York City. And uh, I thought, boy, we'll get up there and we'll probably rehearse the show and do all this and that, you know. And what, the way it worked out, we just tuned up and went out on stage. I mean, <laughs> it was like bat, bat Tism by fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I walked right on the stage with Bill Monroe. First thing ever, first lick I ever played with the man was out on stage, you know. I, oh, man. I, That's I wasn't intimidating. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll say that. I didn't go out on a limb playing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just stuck to the basics, you know. Yeah, right. But, you know, he liked what I did and he offered me a job that night. And didn't yeah. he eventually promote you up the ranks of the band too? Didn't you start playing, you know, worked your way up and even became lead singer after a while? Yeah, well, what happened, uh, I told him that night that, that I was, uh, Jack was more my age, you know. We, I was like 22 maybe then, and, and Jack was not much older than me, and I liked playing with Jack. And I just didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. And, and so finally, though, I, I made up my mind, you know, I should take him up on that job. <laughs> but but when I went down to Nashville, uh, he still he still had not hired a lead singer and a guitar player, and he wanted me to do that instead of playing banjo. So <laughs> so that okay, I'll try it. Uh, but I, I did not go down there for that. I really didn't. I didn't go down there to play guitar. But see, I I knew how to play a guitar, and I knew all parts of singing. I could sing any part, you know. Mm -hmm. I could sing a tenor or a baritone or whatever, you know, lead. And so he needed me to sing lead. You know, he, he needed that worse than anything. So I hired on that way. That's the way I actually, I wasn't hired on to him till then. I just guested with him up there in New York City when he wanted to hire me, you know. And <laughs> so, and, and I, you know, I never seriously went back to playing banjo since then. Stay tuned for the rest of my conversation with Del McCurry, but first, a message from a fellow WTOP podcast. DMV Download, the new daily podcast from WTOP News, is out now. Hosts Megan Clorty and Luke Garrett get the story behind the story. Every weekday afternoon, Megan and I will go beyond the headlines with WTOP reporters and sources to bring you more on the biggest local stories impacting you, our fellow Washingtonians. The DMV Download podcast is available now on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. The DMV Download podcast is presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Welcome back to Beyond the Fame for the rest of my conversation with Del McCurry. I quit Bill and went to California and played banjo in a band out there that had a TV show. And uh, they. What was it called? Do you remember? The Golden State Boys. The Golden State Boys. That was their name. You know, of course, they took the name of, of California, the Golden State, and, sure. as, as a bluegrass band, because they were the only one there, I think, at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. I took a job with him and then, but I wasn't really satisfied until I came back East, you know, came back East to actually back to PA. And then when I got my own band, I just kept playing guitar, you know, cause I figured that would be better. I, I did most of the singing and, and, and I would be better off playing the rhythm in the band, you know, cause they, 
rhythm guitar is really important in a bluegrass band. And if you have, of course, I had to get musicians that some of them were not all pros yet, you know, and, and they needed somebody playing a rhythm, strong rhythm for them to play too, you know. So, oh, yeah. so I did that and, and mostly played uh, in York County, but mostly in Baltimore. Sometimes in D.C. I would play in D.C., but, but mostly Baltimore. That's where I played for, for years, you know. Did you ever happen to play in a little town between uh, Baltimore and Cumberland? It's called Frederick, Maryland. That's where I am calling you from right now. Oh, really? Oh, I did. <laughs> I did play Frederick. And you know, there was a country music park there. I forget the name of it now. Well, they, I, I don't know if it was maybe the Frederick Fair, maybe. We might have played. I don't know. Well, I don't think I did. Now, I played there recently, but I can't remember the name. It was a theater. But oh, oh, maybe the Weinberg Center, maybe? Uh, yes, I think I did. Yes, yes, I did. Maybe. Maybe. But that was recent now. Back in the day, I, I, I remember a park. seemed like it was Happy Johnny, his name was. And he had a <laughs> park, and he booked bluegrass and country music. Happy Johnny. See, I'm going to I'm going to now have to after we get off here, hop on Google and, and learn about Happy Johnny. <laughs> pretty sure that was I don't know why that name came to mind, but I think it's Happy Johnny. And I can almost name the park. Then there was a New River Ranch, which is in Maryland, but it's north of Bel Air on Route oh. 1. And then there was Sunset Park just across the line in PA up towards on up Route 1. And then there was uh, I I, I I played those places. I played when it came to a park, and then of course we'd play carnivals back in that day, you know. And then for steady work, we'd play a, a club, you know. And, and you know, the first band that played Carnegie Hall, first bluegrass band to play Carnegie Hall, was playing a little bar there in Baltimore. Huh. Before Bill Monroe or Flat Scruggs or anybody. Wow. Alan, Alan Lomax was a folklorist. He came down to Baltimore and got this band and took them up there and they put them on record. They hadn't done a record yet. And and he put them in Carnegie, Carnegie Hall. Uh, it was Earl Taylor and the Stony Mountain Boys. <laughs> and they were there. Now I'll tell you, DC had Buzz Buzz being the Bayou Boys. <laughs> Buzz Buzz and the Bayou Boys. Okay, and they and they were DC. And by the way, I just looked it up. Yeah, Happy Johnny was a fiddler, fiddler and band leader. He he was he even was on the radio in Frederick here at WFMD, and I think WBAL in Baltimore. But yeah, you were right, Happy Johnny. FMD, I remember that call letter now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now he he had this part, and I don't know where it was, but then you know, see, and, and I'm I'm thinking now that Buzz Buzz being the Bayou Boys. You know the country gentleman? Mm hmm Okay, now this is before the country gentleman. Buzz Busby uh, moved up to uh, D.C. from Louisiana, and he brought this guitar player with him. Uh, his name was Charlie Waller, and they had been playing. They had been playing. Oh, pay no attention to that. That's my fax machine. That's Don't Happy play. Johnny calling. <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, he played it. He played the uh, Buzz Busby played the uh, Shucks. What's that place in in uh, Louisiana? The uh, Hayride, Louisiana Hayride. Hayride. It was called. It's in Shreveport. And uh, Buzz told me in the later years, you know, he told me he said, you know, I had a poster in the trunk of my car, and it said, appearing tonight, Buzz Busby and the Bayou Boys, featuring 
Elvis Presley in little letters. Whoa. <laughs> he said, I went to the trunk of my car and I thought, I wonder if that thing's still in there because this guy's getting famous. <laughs> and, and he, got, he went to the trunk of the car and no, no poster. Somebody snatched it, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he moved to DC and he was big around there. And I'll tell you, that was before the Stoneman family. You remember the Stoneman family, you know? That's mm -hmm. where they, they originated, right there in, in DC. And I used to play a TV show there. Uh, and the guy that ran that TV show, it was a Channel 5, Channel 5. Uh, he, he played a, a guitar left-handed and sang, and he was a great MC, and he had this show. And the Bluegrass Champs were on there. That's what they call them then. But uh, the, it was actually the whole Stoneman family, Pop hmm. Stoneman and all the kids, you know. <laughs> and me, uh, I got a job in a uh, with a guy named Keith Daniels, and we'd go play that... Uh, uh, that TV show, uh, we went there for often, and then we'd go down and play the barn dance in Richmond, WRVA barn dance. Uh, that was when Carlton Haney ran it. Uh, so we had a lot of places that we'd play. You know, that was my the first job I really had around uh, around home. There was with Keith Daniels and the Blue Ridge Ramblers. They, he had a he had a band, and we played all over uh, Maryland and PA. You know. And Virginia and DC, Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm loving, I'm loving hearing all the, you know, the local, the local stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, DC was big. Now, what happened? Uh, Buzz Busby had was playing a little bar there in uh, some corners of Tyson's Corner, I think it was called. Yeah, Just, Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Yeah, he was playing a bar there. And of course, like I said, Charlie Waller was playing guitar with him and Bill Emerson was playing banjo and he had a car wreck and was really, he was really hurt bad. Oh, no. And so Charlie Waller got, he thought, well, I'll get this boy I know plays Manlin and we'll just keep playing until Buzz gets better. And this boy's name was John Duffy. Ah. Did you ever hear John? I, 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 that does ring a bell, actually. Okay. Well, what happened then? They, named, they renamed this band because Buzz, he never did come back in the band. He was not too, he was not in good shape after that car wreck. Mm -hmm. They named this band the Country Gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> so Buzz is the one that started the Country Gentleman. Now, uh, the Country Gentleman is, uh, well, it's all changed. You know, D uh, Dudley Connell is in that band now. And Ben Eldridge, well, I think Ben, I think ben was, was retired, but the seldom scene then. They uh, they sprang from the from the uh, country gentleman band, you know. Gotcha. And seldom seen is on the bill that yeah for Delfest that you mentioned. Right. Yeah, they really got big, you know. And they played they played in uh, Georgetown. Played a place called uh, Shamrock Inn. Shamrock. Yeah. I go there. I used to go there and see them. <laughs> oh, they they're well known around here. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I've enjoyed all the different you know local names you've been throwing out, and all the local venues been throwing out. It's great, but uh, real quick, it it'd be a sin not to ask you about um, you know, when you, I want to know when you actually formed the Del McCory band with your sons, you know, Ronnie and Rob. When did that whole ensemble actually take shape? Okay, well, I tell you what, you know, when I got my own band, I was I was in my thirties, and everybody in my band and they lived in Maryland or PA, you know. And everybody in the band were in their 30s, you know, like middle to late 30s, early 30s. Anyway, 
and my boys, they were just little guys, you know, and I never, it never dawned on me that those guys would play music, my kids. So, but then uh, as time went on, uh, uh, the mandolin player, he quit and uh, Ronnie was just a kid and he was only 14, I think, when he came in the band. He played, he had one year of high school left and he came in the band and he was just kind of playing, playing rhythm chops on the mandolin. And that year, that summer, he came and I told him, I said, now, uh, I was going four piece. I had strong musicians. I could, I had a banjo, fiddle, bass, and guitar. And, and we were all strong players. We didn't really need a mandolin at the time. But I told my son, I said, you can come in and play rhythm on the mandolin, you know. And that summer, while he was at, he learned all kinds of things on that. He was getting really good fast, you know. Kids learn fast. I'll tell you, Jason, if a kid comes into a professional band when they're young, they will learn in leaps and bounds. It's really <laughs> amazing. And so I had a tour, I had a tour in Europe. I had a I was gonna go to Europe for a month, 30 days. And every day I was gonna be playing somewhere, like I, I was gonna play. Well, I told Ronnie, I said, now you can't go over there. You gotta stay here and go to school, you know, you gotta fin finish your high school out. So one day he told me, he said, hey, my principal wants to talk to you, you know, and I thought, uh-oh, what's he done? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I called him up or went to see him. I can't remember now. But I talked to the principal, and the principal says, now, uh, Ron, uh, Ronald tells me that you're going to go on a tour. And I said, yeah, yeah, I am this winter, you know, well, in a month or two, I forget. And he said, well, I, let me see now. Can you tell me exactly where all you're going to be playing? I said, well, yeah. I said, we, we start our tour in uh, uh, Holland. That's where we start. And we play for that. There's a promoter there. And then he, he, he farms us out to other promoters in other countries. Okay. And uh, we're going to be playing in Sweden. We'll go to, to uh, uh, what's the big town in Sweden? <laughs> <laughs> The big, the big town. The big town. <laughs> yeah, I forget what it is. Talking about night. Stockholm. Yes, we went to Stockholm, and on the way up to Sweden, we played uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. You know, mm -hmm. then we went from there to South Germany and played, played there. We had one. Uh, let me see. We had one date in France. Forget the name of that town, uh, but we had, uh, and we played. What's I forget the, the countries now. There's another country there uh, close to Holland. Mm, my mind ain't just working just right right now. <laughs> There's a lot of memories and a lot of experiences stored up there. So. <laughs> you forget a lot of things. Anyway, anyway, it was a solid month, you know. And, and you know what his principal said to me? He said, well, you know, Ronald has asked me if he can do this. And I said, really? I said, I had no idea. <laughs> and he said, you know what? Uh, I think he will learn more over there in that month than he would here. And I won't, I won't make him make up his work. And I thought, oh, no, I've got to babysit this kid now. <laughs> 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 and so that's how that worked out, you know. <laughs> of course, at that time, I had a bass player that was about 18. And Ronnie was only, I think he was 14. I think he was. 
but they, you know, that he had somebody close to his age. And so it worked out pretty good. And we did a live record over there <laughs> and did, did another record as soon as we got back home here. We did, went down in Virginia and recorded down there in a studio somewhere. And so he's he's been going at it ever since. And Rob, the banjo player, my bass, my, my brother played bass in my band. And he quit me and went with Don Reno, uh, who was at that time living in D.C. Don Reno and uh, Red Smiley, they were they were real, uh, they were really professional band. You know, they they had been in Roanoke. They had a TV show in Roanoke. They played every day on um, every morning on, on a TV show in Roanoke, Virginia. Mm. It was sponsored by Kroger. Kroger was their sponsor, and they and he quit and moved up to D.C. and uh, was working out of there and he heard my brother with me playing bass and he called my brother up and hired him right out from under me because <laughs> 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 he liked his bass playing you know so mm -hmm. so anyway i told uh, rob then uh, my, i said he was he's playing banjo but from the time he was nine till now till this point in time which is after he's out of high school and i i told rob i said you're gonna have to play bass I don't have a bass player, and and I know I know uh, he was kind of comfortable playing banjo, but that bass, you know, he <laughs> he knew how to play one though. He had he'd <laughs> been around my my uncle, my brother so much, and and they, he'd showed him all kind of stuff on the bass, you know. He was a good bass player. Well, he he played with me for a year, I think it was, and then my banjo player quit, quit and I said, now look, I can get a bass player. I want you to play banjo. So he came in right after high school. And so he's been here ever since too, you know. And, <laughs> and I turn around and hear these kids are playing on stage with me, you know. But I I couldn't ask for anything better because you know they're really good at what they do. Yeah, and to get to play, you know, play and travel and tour and play, you know, with with family. I mean, that you yeah. can't beat you can't beat that. I know. Um, I'll tell you what, if they if they weren't good enough, they wouldn't be with me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, they no, I know you, you <laughs> they, they have to have the chops to keep up with that. <laughs> yeah, man. They, and they had the chop. They really did from a uh, young age, you know, <laughs> that's really, well, they get it honestly as the phrase goes, but, uh, well, Hey, I guess before we run, um, I mean, of, of all the, all the accolades, I think, I mean, I think if think you've got like the international bluegrass, like entertainer of the year, like nine times or something, you've, you've won a couple Grammys, you know, you got inducted in the, the grand old Opry, like you mentioned, I guess that was back in 2003. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, of all the accolades, which one, I mean, was, was, was it the Opry or what was it that was sort of like the biggest validation? Like I made it. Well, you know, I think it was the Opry because I I, would, I listened to the Opry since I was a kid. In fact, when I was I was not old enough to listen to radio, and my dad and brother would listen to that on Saturday night. You know, they'd have it on there, and of course, I it, it was just something that I always heard, and I knew Bill Monroe was on there, and I knew all the great players went through that Grand Ole Opry or still, or were still on there, you know, when mm -hmm. I joined. And so I think it, it, it was probably the most exciting thing in my career. Really. I think it was. Well, who all does any, was anyone there like that? Like who inducted you? You know what I mean? Like, were there oh. any good stories of, of the fellow people there that, that inducted you? Yes. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, you know, I, I BMA, the International Bluegrass Music Association, we started in Owensburg, Kentucky. 
that's where we started having our, you know, it started in 80, 1985. Of course, we'd, I'd go there every year and, and it was a good thing for our, our music because country music, got, they uh, formed in 1965, you know, mm. with the CMA and it was 1985 when Bluegrass formed a, an organization. And it was good because the promoters had come there, the musicians had come there, the all of the business people, you know, of, of Bluegrass. And so we started there, but then we moved from there to Louisville, Kentucky, to a bigger venue. Uh, uh, we played in the Galt House there at, at the uh, award show and all like that was held there, you know. And, and I won some kind of an award that, that year. And I, I was at the, uh, up there at the podium, you know, talking and two guys, walked up beside me, you know, and it's, and I thought, I wonder what they're, wonder what they're doing. And I looked over at them and it was uh, Ricky Skaggs and Sonny Osborne. Wow. Brothers, you know? Yeah. And I thought, I bet these guys are going to play a trick on me. <laughs> so when I, about the time I looked over there, Sonny said, uh, Dale, uh, where were you at 40 years ago tonight? And I said, oh God, I have no earthly idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know what he's up, up to, you know. Yeah, where's he going with this? <laughs> yeah, where's, where's he going with this? <laughs> and so he said, well, I'll tell you what. You were on the Grand Ole Opry with, singing with Bill Monroe. And uh, he said, Ricky Skaggs and I wonder if you would like to join the Grand Ole Opry. Wow. And, <laughs> and here I'm right in the middle of my speech, and I know. I know it screwed me up bad. <laughs> I, I can't think straight. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had to finish what I was starting, you know. <laughs> but that's how that's how it all happened. Rick, of course, I known them. You know, I known those guys all my life. Just about. I knew Ricky Skaggs when he was still in high school. He played with uh, Ralph Stanley, and I met him. You know, I was of course I had my own band, and I was playing the same shows that Ralph Stanley was playing. You know, and. And, and also, I was playing a lot of the same shows the Osborne brothers played. And, and so I, I knew those guys, you know, for a long time. And, and it really, it was really a thrill, thrill. But I'll tell you what, when I joined, the one that, uh, that she came up from Georgia to help induct me into the Grand Ole Opry, the one that asked me to was uh, the guy, he's passed away now, let's see. Oh, God. But anyway, Patty Lovelace came up, and she's the one that inducted me into the Grand Ole Opry, her and the, and the opera manager. You know? Oh, wow. Patty Lovelace, a legend, for sure. Yeah. Well, that thanks for sharing those stories. That That's great. I wanted to hear, you know, that moment where, you know, <laughs> deer in headlights, you heard that you were going in, and you're, <laughs> I can't think anymore. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, again, we want to tell everyone to come out to the 14th Dell Fest. It's in Cumberland, Maryland again. It's May 26th through 29th so head to delfest.com to to find out more information and hey i just want to say thank you so much for joining us this was a blast so i could have talked to you all day hey look jason are you coming to delfest because we'll put your name in at the gate all you have to do is walk in i'll shoot you an email do that Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.